When you think about business competition, where are you focused? Your town? Your state? Across the country? You need to be concerned with competitors around the world. Welcome to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. Today, you'll hear about the mega trends in global business and how they affect your organization, as well as explore issues, solutions, and some amazing facts about business worldwide. Now, here is your host, Mahesh Joshi. Welcome to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. We have a very interesting episode for you today. What is your story? What do you remember? Not the long messages and the numbers. We only remember stories. Stories are a way to build brands. In this episode, Paul Singh will talk with Rajesh Sethi, who has written 16 books and has been teaching this skill to entrepreneurs for the last 10 years. Our host, Paul Singh, is the CEO of Startup Strategies, where he advises various startups on how to grow their business. He's also an adjunct professor of entrepreneurship at Northeastern University. He's a successful entrepreneur and has sold three companies, has also taken a company public. He has worked for over 20 years in various areas, including M&A, business development, and marketing. Over to Paul Singh for this interesting episode. Welcome. This is your host, R. Paul Singh, for another episode of Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. Uh, as you know, this season, we've been covering issues related to entrepreneurship and startups. And having dealt with startups for a number of years, one of the biggest challenges that most of the startups face, in fact, a lot of big companies face it too, is they can't get their message straight. They can't get their story straight. They can't uh, convince people that they have something credible. And so the message development, the story development becomes a big challenge for many startups, in fact, many established companies as well. So I thought, why don't we find a guest who is an expert at storytelling in helping other companies build stories? And so I am glad to say that we found such a person. His, uh, Name is uh, Mr. Rajesh Sethi, who I've known for a number of years. He's a serial entrepreneur, author, and a teacher. He's co-founded more than a dozen companies, and his latest company is Oddwiser, an on-demand learning app that can be described as Pandora for personal growth. And he's written 15 books so far, and you know he's been writing since he was 13 years old. His upcoming book is called Smart But Stuck. And he has been contributing a lot uh, to the thought leadership by offering about 2,000 blog posts that you can read his views on. And with that, let me welcome Rajesh Sethi. Hello, Paul. I'm so glad to be here. And the topic is very close to my heart. So I'm excited about this conversation. I'm very glad to have you on board, uh, Rajesh. Um, so uh, let's let's. Talk about entrepreneurship first, right? I mean, you are an entrepreneur yourself. Um, what really makes an entrepreneur successful? It's a really good question because you and I know that uh, there is no one thing that will make any entrepreneur successful. So many things have to come to play. But just to take up the challenge, uh, people ask me, if there's only one thing that will make an entrepreneur successful, what would it be? I'm assuming that uh, we have check-marked, uh, tick-marked all the things like passion, 
the res- relevance to the market and all of them. and we are looking for something unique my unique take is an entrepreneur will be successful if they have push button access to very good help when they need it where they need it however they need it and it's a uh, it seems simple on the surface but for you to be able to get push button access to good help when whenever you need it wherever you need it however you need it you should have accumulated a lot of karma points which means you should have helped you should have been the giving side of the push button help to many many people until that point in time so you have built a reservoir of reciprocation that's how i think about it that's uh, really beautiful so so you are you're saying that basically just like uh, you click on the uber or the lift button and somebody comes in to take you from one place to another it's almost like that's what every entrepreneur needs i mean i'm sure every entrepreneur would love to have it but they don't get it most of the time so so what what do you think they have to do can you elaborate a little bit more yeah exactly i wrote about it and also spoken about it i always say that you have to develop what i call practical generosity quotient which means you should be willing to give a lot of help to a lot of people without losing yourself that means that very little incremental cost for you should result in very large incremental value to the other people given example so that it's not very philosophical and academic so suppose uh, you decide that you will not worry about anybody's birthdays and anniversary uh, when they joined and when they reached a milestone but you choose to remember only one thing about anybody you meet what do what does this person care about that's your database that you want to maintain about the people and then whenever you meet a new person you look back in your database and say is there a match between is there an alignment between what these two people are caring about two people somebody in my network and some somebody new that i meet and without worrying about uh, uh, what's in it for you you connect both the people so that for their mutual benefit if you think about it one such act is the incremental cost of doing that act is very low for you incremental value for both the people is very high it's one of those things if you do it right you get a thank you from both the people uh, saying that uh, that first that introduction changed my life i owe you one what can i do you, you now have a reservoir of reciprocation uh, shaping up in your life for a future uh, dip into it but you may never want to use it because you will have so much of it that an over over supply of good help so um, you know just building on that i know i was listening to one of your training uh, videos the other day and uh, you know i'm sure this is something that not just happens to you but it happens to all of us right somebody comes in and says hey i want to connect with you on linkedin you connected and instantly they start sending you this messages to buy something or you to connect with somebody or something or the other just starts happening and you don't even know this person yet and there comes an ask what would you do in that situation i always uh, think first of all i give them first benefit of doubt paul because most most of the time people are not seasoned or mature to know that what is a reasonable ask and what is not a reasonable ask so whenever i find that uh, i 
trying to judge those people i say oh god let me let me step back a little bit i think i'm judging it too quickly i give them the benefit of doubt maybe it's a young person it's just uh, his first job so they don't know what to do so that i in my uh, course i've created a course called the right hustle and i made the first three videos free about the art of the right hustle and i sent them send that uh, videos to them happy to set up a shortal with you but please uh, watch these three videos again i keep my incremental cost very low right so the videos have been recorded it free and then they can't say that uh, this guy wants to wants me to buy something to have a meeting with him but the moment they see these three videos it's mm-hmm. all about uh, uh, it's all about being a deserving candidate rather than a demanding candidate their philosophy will change eight out of 10 people will never call, call me back because they say how oh, i'm not ready or they get angry or whatever but two out of 10 people who call me back they are more ready and willing to be coached or they make sure that it's a win win for both parties in fact this is something uh, i should also start using and sending them the videos uh, maybe it would be a good idea because i was very impressed uh, with that uh, concept but Uh, you know you also talk about you know like you know before i digress into the other topics but i just want to close this is um you know a lot of times you get a message from people it's like a stock message as i call it and there's a big long list of 20 million buzzwords where they're trying to sell you something or the other and i know you give examples of some of those emails that you know hit the negative side of the nerves uh so what would your advice be to entrepreneurs who are starting out and probably in the end end up spending sending a lot of those types of emails what is the best way for them to really approach this yeah first of all i always say that the short shortcut is the longest route to success so people who try to take shortcut should know that it will take them to reach the destination then uh, then what they uh, think it will take them there right basically uh, somebody who is very young and maybe a young marketing person they go after quantity rather than quality they go after uh, uh, reaching out lots of people rather than uh, targeting a set of people and seeing how they can be valuable to them first rather than uh, trying to get more extract more value right so these are the same people where you meet them in a conference they are very very eager to collect your business card and as soon as they collect your business you are no longer interested interesting to them because they want to go to the next person to collect their business card because later they can spam all of them one shot with the buzzword uh, bingo right <laughs> uh, so whenever you see it i, I already know that uh, some uh, sales pitch is coming my way because you the person was never interested in knowing what i i care about he was only interested in what he cares about and uh, that's what i think i should care about in his mind so i always say that uh, this there's an old saying big your well before you are thirsty so whenever be- long before somebody be- wants to become an entrepreneur i say that uh, they should start helping already people who are already entrepreneurs so that they get their entrepreneurial muscle built right and in the process they get they get to see the world from their side from the entrepreneur side and they know 
what happens if you are on the receiving side of these kinds of messages because sometimes they really don't know they think that uh, if i send 10000 messages even if 20 people respond positively i think uh, now i know the know the numbers i'll send 10 million messages and at the same rate i'll become a billionaire but in reality it won't happen because the person who is receiving such a message not only is uh, feels disgusted or insulted they will uh, remove you f- from your mental mind share so basically even after you reform yourself and go back to them they remember this kind of a stupid ask before and uh, you have to now overcome the negative bias that you have set up in the recipient's mind mm-hmm. so it's a you know you you make some interesting point that you know it is true that a lot of these stories uh, you know a lot of what people keep saying to you and you know it's like the generic of marketing you know gone crazy where people think that if i send more messages because i got in the first 100 messages i got a 2% click therefore in the next 10000 i will get the same and therefore they work out their math and think that it is going to work and your point is unfortunately it doesn't work it comes in more than that bites you um so I'll, why don't you make one closing remark and then in the next session we will come back and we'll talk about stories and how to construct those stories definitely if i have to make one big quick remark it will be that uh, you may all know this very well entrepreneurship is a long game it is not something that you what you read on the newspapers like uh, any startup magazine or something where it looks like a story where basically somebody has had an idea they built a product they suddenly got a big deal then they got a series of big deals where they become a billionaire but that only happens in movies in real life it's a long game and not everybody is prepared for it so let's pick on that uh, when we come back after the break yes When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Vulcan Management can help your business excel. We create enterprise value through business growth, cash flow enhancement and market share recognition. We can help with performance enhancement with feedback and improvement on your revenue growth, financial and operational performance. Vulcan Management offers customized solutions for most important business challenges. That's why some of the best-known multinational corporations use our services. Visit vulcanmanagement.com to find out more and improve your success. If you are interested in the business of rental equipment, be sure to check out Rental Equip Talk Radio with host Donald Charbonnet. We talk to some of the top names in the rental industry as well as cover topics that include safety, training, fleet management, legal issues, and more. We'll also cover the history and future of the rental equipment industry. Rental Equip Talk Radio can be heard live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Welcome 
whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. This is Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. To reach the program, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's worldwide access to 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Mahesh Joshi at VulcanManagement.com. Now, back to the program. Well, welcome back. Uh, this is your host, Arpal Singh, and we're talking today to Mr. Rajesh Sethi. Um, and we have been talking about the entrepreneurship and some of the things that he mentioned, something special that every entrepreneur wants is a push button access to good help. And he also introduced the concept of uh, PG quotient, which is practical generosity quotient, uh, something that um, you know we all do, but we don't know that that word existed. So thank you. And we ended up the last session talking about that entrepreneurship is a marathon. It is not a sprint. Uh, Contrary to what everybody else believes, it is really a long journey. And the story that you construct maybe in the beginning versus what you construct in the middle and in the end might be very different. But before we go there, let me ask Rajesh, what is the concept of storytelling and what can he tell us from his experience, what others have done and what has worked? Yeah, absolutely, Paul. That's uh, The podcast is about global business and it's so relevant in a global setting because what is really common across the globe is that people are seduced by so- stories. Whenever there is a good story, they suspend logic And as long as we are doing it ethically and powerfully, uh, as long as it is in the interest of the buyer or the receiver, then we are doing a good job because uh, we get into the minds, carve out a space in their mind for us when we tell a good story. Uh, My copywriter friends tell me this. They ask me, you know, Rajesh, what is the uh, main purpose of a title of a blog post? And then there are many uh, ways to say it, but the main purpose is to make them read the first sentence. What is the main purpose of the first sentence? Is the main purpose of the first sentence in a blog post is to make them read the first paragraph. What is the purpose of the first paragraph? It is to make them read the entire blog post. The story is just like that. When you start with a big bang, it will create a curiosity in the mind of the listener or the receiver and says, I want to know more. Tell me more. And it that creates the curiosity and gives you something that even money can't buy, which is the gift of attention. When you have the gift of attention in this uh, extremely ADD world, to hit a jackpot. That's why it's very important to master the art of storytelling. It's not a luxury anymore. It is like the basic necessity that people need to have. What have you seen? Uh, you know, you obviously deal with a lot of companies and there are certain stories that stick and certain stories that just come and go. So what 
first of all, what are some memorable stories and why were they more memorable than the others? Yeah, the memorable stories uh, come in two formats. Like one of them, it immediately resonates with you, saying that, yeah, I, I get it. It's like a light bulb moment in your, in your head. That I got this and it's so succinct. The non-memorable ones is the buzzword bingo that we talked about. Like they are throwing a puzzle at you and then they challenge you saying, read this email. And if you can figure out what you have in mind, you'll get a lollipop kind of thing. So it's just really, uh, really frustrating because you, you really want to understand what they're saying, but yeah. it's so damn complicated that you give up and say whatever. It may be something really, really good, but you don't have the patience to deal with nonsense. So I'll give an example. Uh-huh. Uh, we all know about the company Bose. Mm-hmm. Past their advertisements, there are elements of amazing storytelling. Like I'll, uh, I wrote down an advertisement. It says, music can take you places. Why not leave the noise behind? Get a Bose. Mm-hmm. It's for the noise cancelling headset. Right. But uh, even uh, they didn't even say get a boost that I, I, I added it for the completeness. They just said music can take you places. Why not leave the noise behind? Mm-hmm. Only two sentences at, uh, at best, right? Mm-hmm. But it makes the message and say, oh, if you don't want noise, then I need something. And the rest of the advertisement will have a noise cancelling headset the logo and all those things. But isn't it true that, you know, you know, for a consumer facing uh, business, it might be a little different, but in B2B business that we all of us deal with day in, day out, is the storytelling as important and is the storytelling as succinct? 100% Paul. In fact, for any business that is selling anything, story is a must. And I, I always say in all my speeches about storytelling, to become a good storyteller, you have to become a good story observer. Because we are always being, uh, we are all being told stories, lots and lots of them throughout the day. Most of us are seduced by them, good stories. Bad stories, we just get frustrated. But the ones that we are seduced, we don't look at why we were seduced by these stories. There are two places where you have to become good observers. One is if the story is about something very, very expensive, like it costs more than what it should cost. And the second one is all the scams that people fall prey to. In both cases, somebody in the first case, in a luxury item case, because they know that the, it, uh, the cost of manufacturing that all of them will be almost uh, slightly more than uh, what another alternate brand would need. So it has to be an amazing story to get the premium. The second case, in that case of a scam, the offer is extremely ridiculous, but the story may be compelling for some people, not all of them. Those who pray, pray for it. So both of them have to... Uh, capitalize on the power of storytelling. If everybody stops and thinks whenever they're seduced by a story or if there's a story about a luxury item or scam, just stop and think, what is that that caught their attention in these stories? Mm-hmm. And then they don't need um, a storytelling uh, uh, sort of a training. 
if they become good observers they are already start picking up the elements so what i mean what what are the elements of a good story so in the case of a business story of course there are many many remember that i wrote fiction and non fiction earlier i used to write murder mysteries thrillers and all of them mm-hmm. and then now i write business books so there are so many storytelling formats uh, that uh, we call it uh, uh, the frameworks so i'll give one example of a framework uh so it's called uh, plot mountain and as high school students study it here and they forget about it because they study it from an academic perspective but they don't look at it from a, a business angle plot mountain has uh, five elements one is called the exposition and it uh, leads to some conflict and then the rising action and then a resolution and a denouement so uh, exposition is the scene setting like what is happening where and everything conflict is some problem or an opportunity and the resolution is what how it gets resolved and the journey from a conflict to a resolution is the rising action denima is what happened ever, uh, after that happily lived ever after or something like that even in a small email that somebody sends to somebody else all these elements are required but when they are not there people don't know why it didn't resonate with them but they think something missing because they are not uh, uh, academic storytellers to know that oh the conflict was missing here that's why this email did not look good they just think that it's bad mm-hmm. but if it is all there it gels well but even then the story does not get the credit they will just say oh, that's a beautifully written email but they also don't know why it is beautifully written and why as compared to somebody else some something else that was badly written mm-hmm. but a good storyteller knows ah oh, okay there is a rising action there was a resolution the exposition was right everything so the elements uh, uh, that is one framework for example okay and how can you give me an example of that framework application yeah definitely so uh, in fact uh, let me give take another framework that i use for, from a business angle because i think uh, most of the people are entrepreneurs right mm-hmm. so i call it the post framework post stands for premise opening solution and take away premise is basically i bring you to my side of the world and then should make you look at the world from my angle opening is when you look at the world from my angle from the way where i stand from my vantage point you see a problem or an opportunity solution is our solution that will fit the needs or take on the challenge or a problem and leads them to resolution and take away is memorable part of the story if if the, if the recipient forgets everything then what should they remember okay let me for example mm-hmm. let me take our latest company advisor in the premise i'll say things that you will totally agree with me i'll say something like you know people are very busy nowadays right all mm-hmm. and at that time you have no choice but to agree with it unless we both are from the different planets right because you all see people running around like headless chicken so you will say yeah 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 that's right and then i say the opening although everybody is busy the need for learning has not gone away right Mm-hmm. and there is an opening there and then uh, the solution comes into the picture 
Imagine there was a push button on demand technology where people can click a button like Pandora for music, where they're listening to insights from experts from all over the world. It would be cool, isn't it? It's our solution, Oddvisor. The takeaway is, you know, there are so many people who wanted to read one book a week. What if they could read 20 books a month at the same time they used to read one book a week? Mm-hmm. That's the post framework right there. Amazing. So post framework, uh, starting with the setting the premises, the opening, the solution and the takeaway. Yes. Uh, that we're going to take a break. Uh, we'll be back uh, in a few minutes and uh, pick it up from uh, where we left off. Definitely. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Vulcan Management can help your business excel. We create enterprise value through business growth, cash flow enhancement, and market share recognition. We can help with performance enhancement with feedback and improvement on your revenue growth, financial, and operational performance. Vulcan Management offers customized solutions for most important business challenges. That's why some of the best-known multinational corporations use our services. Visit VulcanManagement.com to find out more and improve your success. Get a unique and playful insider's take on the biggest stories in tech, media, and entertainment. Join Lori H. Schwartz, well-known technology catalyst, comedian, and geek girl, as she and leading experts in the media and content business dive into the biggest stories in technology trends, consumer behaviors, and its impact on Hollywood. If you're looking to respond to the tech-fueled changes in the marketplace, then tune in to the Tech Cat Show Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll-free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. This is Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. To reach the program, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's worldwide access to 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Mahesh Joshi at VulcanManagement.com. Now, back to the program. Well, uh, welcome back. Uh, We're back here with uh, Mr. Rajesh Sethi. And uh, before the break, Rajesh, we were talking about the storytelling and you gave a premise or a framework called the post starting with premise opening solutions and then takeaway. And I know you've been doing this with a lot of companies for a long time. Um, 
So take me through that process. Uh, you know, you worked with companies in the U.S. I understand you also work with international companies globally everywhere. Uh, so, you know, when they have to develop their story, which I find to be the hardest part of a startup because, you know, when I teach, we start with uh, people doing their business plans that look like five pages and then they have to condense it down to one page. And within that, uh, students who figure out how to tell their story better actually end up getting better grades. Um, but I want you to tell me what's the process, what can, what can people you know, do in order to become better storytellers? Uh, definitely, Paul. The first section we talked about why quantity is not always the good thing over quality. Here, I will reverse the position. Here, when you are becoming a good storyteller, before you get quality, you have to get quantity. And you have to tell a lot of people your story and not stop there. You start keenly listening to the body language and the actual words that the recipient uses. Shall I uh, share a few examples of what kind of responses people will get when somebody shares their story? Please. Definitely. So uh, there are five categories of uh, responses, and then uh, uh, I will uh, I will go over each one of them and what they actually what are they listening and what they should actually be listening. So the, I picked this up from a neurolinguistic principle philosophy, which says uh, the meaning of your communication is in its response. Sometimes we go and have a meeting, and somebody asks us, "How was the meeting?" We say, oh, it was a great meeting. Then if they ask a question, so what happened? Did they buy? They say, then we start saying, oh, I don't know. It's just a first meeting and all those things. In reality, the meaning of the communication was its response, was the action taken, not what was told to us. But what was told to us gives some clues. Like somebody uh, starts telling a story about their company and uh, the response comes like this. Sorry, what were you saying? And at that time, it's not the, the real uh, uh, meaning is not, oh, okay, they did not hear me. Let me go and repeat the same story, however bad it is, so that they can hear me. What they're saying is, this is totally boring. Please don't waste my time. That's the first category of response, which means you have to come back to the drawing board and recraft your story. And the second category is something like, hmm, interesting, which really means it's not interesting, which means uh, it was okay, but uh, it's like a movie that you can barely watch once kind of movie. Mm -hmm. Again, you have to go back to the drawing board and recraft your story. The third kind of a response is very tricky. When somebody says, tell me more, and this is where the person has to watch out for the tone of the tell me more, the body language. Is there some hint of sarcasm? Is there some uh, twinkle in their eye that is naughty kind of a twinkle? And if it is there, that means the other person is thinking, this person sounds like an idiot. I don't know how big of an idiot he is. Let me see it in full color. Let me ask him to tell me more so that I can go back and have a laugh when I go out for drinks with my friends in the evening. So please tell me more. Reveal your full picture here so that I can have a laugh later. That's one side. The second side is it could be a genuine curious curiosity uh, 
triggered tell me more that means they just want to learn more because it was intriguing but it was seemed incomplete so that's the third category of response the fourth one is hmm how do you do that that means they bought into the story uh, but they are not fully uh, buying into the mechanics of its manifestation so they think it should be it would be interesting if it can be done but uh, i don't think you have the wherewithal or the capacity competence or the team to do it uh, tell me how how would you do that mm-hmm. so it's in the positive territory the last one which is the best kind of response it's not the exact words but the category of response is is nobody else doing this already that means you got your story right on the bullseye which means uh, now they are thinking this is so damn good how come god chose this person to send the idea to him or her <laughs> right well, what is the favoritism here this is this must be good somebody else must have already done it how come this uh, i never heard it it seems so obvious now so when you look at the category of responses and then keep coming back to the drawing board to upgrade the category of response you are getting you automatically become a good storyteller so Doesn't let me let me hold you here on a couple of things so yes you are right these are the responses that we have all heard about and and so i want to ask you two different questions and you can address it in any order the first being is this response just the us response or is it the response globally i expect or is the storytelling you know does the storytelling change in that respect since you've worked with the you know global companies as well so tell me that first yeah the category of responses i have seen because i have taught classes in europe singapore india and not gone to australia yet the category of responses is always the same fall uh, uh, but the words that people use are very different mm-hmm. for example uh, in in cases in many asian countries like uh, japanese and everything the response is lot to be seen in the body language because people don't talk a lot mm-hmm. in the, in the case of western world you have to you have to observe the words because interesting means not interesting so those kinds of things the nuances have to be handled but you get it mainly because remember I, when i mentioned the meaning of your communication is in its response while all this verbal responses mean a little the bigger thing is will somebody take action so when somebody is sharing the story about their new app will it be so enticing that they say let me hold on some let me download the trial now mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is already telling a bigger better response story then whatever they say with their words mm. okay and do you think that uh, you know could i have chosen my audience to be wrong sometimes maybe my product is not meant for that audience and uh, maybe my message was right so how do you differentiate that yeah whenever you you just have a hint that this product may not you are talking to a person who is not the right audience you can still test the viability of the story let's say you're talking to a friend but who is a software engineer but your product is for nurses in hospitals mm-hmm. so you preface the story with a statement like this imagine you were a nurse at kaiser permanente mm-hmm. 
and then you put the person in a framework so that they can listen to the story from that context now you can still get the response because now the person knows that you are not addressing a software engineer but you are addressing a nurse in a hospital mm-hmm. you can still get learn a lot from it mm-hmm. interesting so you know you also say um, you know i mean i've always heard that hey you know passion is something which can make you cross the mountains and uh, you always say you know bring ideas to life with love being the more important aspect like you even mentioned at the beginning uh, so are these the same things or are these different uh, i uh, i should know this because i studied linguistic philosophy for 7 years but i would say that the reason i chose the word love is because entrepreneurship is a long game and love is uh, something that stays on for a long time for example for all of us who have kids when kids are starting to walk they keep falling down we don't say okay i think you tried enough i think you should stop crying nobody says that just like an entrepreneurship is a child it keeps falling down every now and then in the initial few days if you have the love as if you are having the love for a child then whenever the startup child falls down you don't get upset you say okay no you should try again that's the kind of love you need because it's a long game interesting um so uh, what other things we should know about storytelling that uh, we haven't talked about yet uh something a mental model to remember paul is uh, that you can uh, take it from a tv advertisement mm-hmm. where people if they are selling a vacuum cleaner what do they do they do they start they don't start with a vacuum cleaner typically they start with a dirty house right mm-hmm. so your home is all scattered around there is litter everywhere it's dark and dingy and then they bring their product right so basically Mm-hmm. suddenly everything lights up and it seems so simple uh, that in a matter of seconds the house is pick and span clean so there was a problem which was dark and dingy the product comes as a bridge and post the product with very little incremental cost everything was shown as a benefit or uh, the future promised land we can keep applying the exact same things identify that the pain is real mm-hmm. bring to the bring that pain to the forefront Mm-hmm. use your product as a bridge to the promised land and paint a picture of the future that is so compelling that people will want that promised land and that's why they will buy the product very very well said i mean put yourself in the perspective of the customer um is probably very very important i totally agree with you and then uh, you know relating to that problem so we are going to take a break here and we'll be back soon and uh, resume our very interesting conversation so we'll be back soon thank you from the boardroom to you voice america business network 
Vulcan Management can help your business excel. We create enterprise value through business growth, cash flow enhancement, and market share recognition. We can help with performance enhancement with feedback and improvement on your revenue growth, financial, and operational performance. Vulcan Management offers customized solutions for most important business challenges. That's why some of the best-known multinational corporations use our services. Visit VulcanManagement.com to find out more and improve your success. If you currently or aspire to serve on a board or work in a leadership capacity for or with a public or nonprofit organization, where can you turn to get the best advice and practices? How about Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar? Our program discusses challenges facing both public and nonprofit leaders. Don't miss these practical solutions and tips to enhance your leadership style and effectiveness. Leadership Matters airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. This is Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. To reach the program, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's worldwide access to 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Mahesh Joshi at VulcanManagement.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. Uh, We are talking today with uh, Mr. Rajesh Sethi about the art of storytelling about what is your story as a startup, not just as a startup, but any company really needs a story because that's what we all remember. So we were talking about how to do a good story. And one of the things Rajesh, you mentioned at the beginning of the episode about, you know, for the success of any entrepreneur, besides all the things like passion, relevance, hard work and everything else is ideally, you know, if they could get a push button access to help and not just any help, a good experienced help, um, that would be wonderful. And that is something of a problem you saw as an entrepreneur and you've taken that mantle now to take this to the next stage. So tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, as you know, I started uh, reading and writing very, very early. My first book was published when I was 13 years old. Since then, I've written 15 books. So, I I read about one book a week. And then I've done it for the last 21 years. But even then, there are so many other books that I want to read, but I don't have the time to read. Because I'm also a writer, Paul. So I get to network with some of the best and the brightest. That's a good fortune. So I have all these people. Uh, Lucky, I can pick up the phone and call them. And uh, uh, it, I built this over decades of uh, building relationships with them. And between my first and second companies, uh, I was uh, consulting for Audible, which is now a part of Amazon. Mm-hmm. And I observed something very interesting. 
there people would buy books but uh, unless it's fiction they won't listen to it end to end so basically if it is fiction they will if it's a murder mystery or a thriller or a thriller and kind of book they will listen to it entirely suppose it's a book about productivity the listening sort of tapers off by the chapter 4 and 5 if there is time i'm also happy to share why it happens but granted it happens so basically they buy the book they want to listen to it and they, these people also have the commitment but they don't listen to it end to end and that boggled my mind why does it happen and then i kept thinking about it then i met uh, uh, tim westergren the founder of pandora at, an, at a conference then he was telling that you know people listen to pandora for hours and uh, hours together and they put it in the background and they keep doing their work i was uh, talking about this to the co-founder and the now the ceo of advisor mike martin and i was at that time we were just uh, messing around with ideas and then i said uh, this is a phenomenon that people want to learn people don't have time and actually they have the money to invest but they don't have the time to invest but things like pandora people keep consuming it like crazy and then he looked around and everybody were on the smartphone uh, doing something in the, in the restaurant although they came for a meeting they were all busy doing the, some things in their smartphone uh, so we said why not make a pandora for learning we have access to all these experts and we make them create insights uh, in 3 minutes or less people like tom peters seth godin tom c the creator of google glass vinod kosla David Meerman Scott Kai Kawasaki uh, Josh Persin who is the number one HR analyst in the US all of them gave their insights in 3 minutes or less we have 120 125 experts 2700 insights all available at the push of a button so you are saying we are uh, catering now to the snack generation so you can you were able to snack uh, stories you were able to snack on music and various things and now here comes the learning definitely paul in fact i don't know whether you have heard of this effect called the zygarnik effect is that so ringable no i haven't zygarnik effect was first observed by a russian psychologist called bluma zygarnik and then she found that um, she was observing the wait waiters no in the restaurants they would remember uh, the orders uh, that uh, people were giving them the food orders mm-hmm. without even writing them down until they delivered it to the kitchen in the back and then of course the memory will be refreshed and they'll re- remember the new order but they found something that mind uh, always races towards completing something suppose i start telling you 2 4 6 8 10 12 14 in your mind you had already said 16 and 20 16 18 and 20 because you saw a pattern there mm-hmm. so all of us want to complete things when you take a big book and it's very frustrating if you can't complete it but the, you almost leave a thread hanging like a, in a parallel press or one thread hanging there there but what we saw was in youtube they did a study and they found that the attention span is currently about 2.7 minutes So we made sure that all the advice is less than 3 minutes in fact most of the advice is less than 2 minutes so nobody can say uh, i don't have the time to learn because they everybody has 2 minutes in between their commute 
uh, in between their meetings during their commute uh, on the when they are in the gym or something they can press a button and be growing every single day actually it's kind of interesting because whenever i talk to various companies and you know just like you i also talk to a lot of startups my first advice to them is when you go out to create your videos please leave it below 90 seconds because that's like the attention span of most people to watch a corporate video unless you're really training them and you know you've given me enough value in the first 90 second that i feel like continuing 100% paul in fact people always where does their they they've done some eye gazing studies the first thing that people look at when youtube they opening a video learning related stuff they look at the how many minutes is it because then they are mentally preparing whether to give up run away or just to sit there and watch well that is sometimes my criteria for audible books before i decide to download it or not <laughs> all of us are time starved attention starved uh, but uh, uh, like uh, optimism rich <laughs> that's how i seems say it so i think you know you gave us some very interesting quotes and before i try to wrap this up i just want to repeat some of those quotes because i think these are things that entrepreneurs need to keep that with them and that's the first quote was you know you got to give back the practical generosity quotient sometimes it's good for you to be a connector for you to think in the other person's mind uh, you know put yourself in the other person's shoes and not always be thinking about from your side of the story and then you talked about the the framework that i want to repeat which is the post framework i.e. setting a premise and then giving your opening accordingly premises where you try to get the attention of something who which i can relate to and then the solution and the takeaway and then we kept saying that look this is one lesson that i want everybody to remember that startup journey is a marathon it's not a sprint so with that um, i'd love to give you the next uh, 30 seconds or so to do the closing and give us some ideas if we missed i want to uh, give a pitch to one of my most favorite books uh, when we were one on one i told this book name it's called fears conversations and uh, it's a friend of mine called susan scott it's about the power of conversations the whole book can be summarized with this one sentence while there is no guarantee that any single conversation can change the trajectory of your life career or business any single conversation can what is the conversation that has your name on it hmm. all right well said well thank you very much